that. Let's go. Welcome to Zero to Hero Today. Today we're going to talk about UVP. What's UVP, you may ask? It's a unique value proposition. That's why we look like asses. <laughs> okay, but why do we do that, huh? You're probably wondering. And it's because, A, we love having fun and being ridiculous. But B, today on Zero to Hero Lean Canvas Edition, we're talking about unique value proposition. Unique value proposition. Which Woo! is another way to say, why are you different? Why should I interact and engage with you instead of somebody else? And us, it's because we have a podcast where we sometimes rap like very white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah. what's the UVP, guys? And by the way, UVP is short for Unique Value Proposition. That's one of those jargons that entrepreneurs like to throw around to make themselves feel better than other yeah, people. Yeah, it's like UVP. I don't know what kind of lotion I need for that. <laughs> <laughs> or why, why do you want a peed in cup? You know, like. <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's really important because... If you don't know what's going to set you apart from others, how are you going to tell other people? Mm. And why wouldn't, if they don't know what makes you different or special, why wouldn't they just go to the lowest possible price thing out there? And guess what? If they, if you don't give them a good reason, that's what they're going to do. I have a really good example of the opposite of UBP. So great value at Walmart is literally the antithesis of unique value proposition. You're like, okay, I can get this. Craft gourmet imported from Italy pasta that, you know, generations of Italian people have like crafted it and it's beautiful and it has, you know, whatever. Or I could get the one that was made in Wisconsin. It's great value. You know, like that's, yeah, that's the antithesis of it. Uh, the only proposition is I'm cheap. It's a great value. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what the yeah. thing is. Yeah. Which, and you know, it's like that may be the route you want to go, but I will say but it's not to be the business <laughs> that is selling themselves as the cheapest possible solution is a very dangerous game because uh, if someone can come after you and go lower price than you can afford, you're gone. Yeah, your whole value prop is gone. So it's better for most businesses to figure out what makes them unique and then tell people about it. And uh, something that really helps is the uh, kind of orchestrating or developing your own elevator pitch, which is typically, you know, the whole, it's, if you're in an elevator with someone, can you give your spiel in 30 to 60 seconds? Um, and what's your line about conciseness and writing and stuff? It takes blank hours. To oh write. yeah. It's not, it's not a me quote. It's just something I say a lot and I'm going to misquote it here probably, but it's like, I th- uh, who knows? I believe it's from Ernest Hemingway. I don't know. We'll go with that. But it says something like, oh, they sent a letter and said, I'm sorry, the letter couldn't be shorter. I didn't have more time. Yeah. And so the idea is if you had more time, you could reduce it down and get to the heart of it and just give them a fortune cookie size version. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 hours to write a page and a hundred hours to turn that into a half page. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the shorter you can make your elevator pitch, the better you understand it, and the more, the less filler you have and fluff, and so you're just getting right to the heart of it. Um, and so that's a really good way to kind of uh, develop your unique value proposition into a verbal format where you can actually share it with people. But how do you actually figure out what your unique value proposition is? So what, would you, what do you guys think? Well, a big thing that we've talked about in this series is talking to your customers, first and foremost, finding out why are they coming to you? Why are they not going to someone else? There's something unique about you that keeps them coming back. So find out what that is. I think your brand pillars can really help with this too in determining your core values because a lot of businesses, I would argue, their core values are a big part of their unique value proposition. Um, Like with us, for example, 
Uh, we work a lot with local businesses. We have a lot of local nonprofit partnerships, our give back program, uh, you know, all this stuff that we try and really engage with our community and our employees and our customers. Um, and then you have like other Seattle based coffee companies that are large and uh, found everywhere that don't necessarily have that component. They have the coffee, they're fast, whatever their prices are, whatever, but they don't necessarily have that extra element that I think we can provide instead. So that's what sets us apart from them specifically, same industry, same business model, but makes us unique compared to them. Um, Another thing that can help with guiding your UVP that we're gonna talk about in a later episode is your why and understanding why your business exists. Yeah. Yeah, I would say in terms of how to start thinking about what is your your unique value proposition, a good place of starting is just paying attention. So paying attention both to yourself, uh, noticing uh, what you've always been better at. I think a lot of times you as a person, that's going to bleed over into your business and whatever you really care about and uh, are the reasons that people come to you for. So like if people are like, oh my gosh, can you please wrap my presents for Christmas? Like you always do it so good. You'll say, mine. no, you just heard us rap at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> so we're not gonna. Just, yeah. Oh, it's that type of rapping you're good at, not the Christmas present. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. Oh. Um, but yeah, just really paying attention. So for if you're a journaling introspective type of person, I think you can probably get a lot of mileage out of just asking yourself what makes you unique and keep delving into that and continuing asking yourself, uh, you know, what about that makes you unique? So uh, whenever I have guitar students, they would say, that was so fun. And oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be so easy. And so I was like, okay, so I keep it fun. I make hard, uh, hard jargony concepts and I turn them into like really simple, easy to understand things. And I was like, those are pretty much my value props. And then I would just start paying attention and then tag on more. Maybe I'd have a better understanding each time someone would say something similar. Uh, so the, that's paying attention to yourself. And then the other thing is to ask other people that aren't you. Uh, that that have been around you for a long time. That that's another good way to start looking for those unique value propositions, especially for you individually as an entrepreneur. Uh, especially so for you solopreneurs out there, uh, asking family members and close friends, and, and just asking like, "What about me is special?" It might be a weird thing to do, but if you send that email or sit down and have coffee with someone and just really ask that, you, I think you might be interested to find what the answers are. Some of them you may expect, and some of them may uh, throw a curveball to you because th there's so many things that we overlook that we do really naturally that other people see as superpowers. And so a lot of times you may forget to make a big deal about that when then that that's actually your superpower. So um, I would say that, and then last but not least on mine, and then I'll kick it back to you guys, uh, is, is then asking the people that don't know you well, but as they experience you, what do they freak out about? And so uh, one of the examples for us from HiveThink is as we started having our coaching people coming on and uh, coaching clients come on, is that they made a big deal about the accountability. And so for us, we were just thinking more of the education and direction and knowing what to do. But a big thing that they were using our different sessions for was accountability. Just knowing that by the next time they came to a group Q and A or to the next individual coaching session that they wanted to have something to show for. And so 
then we ask ourselves, how can we lean into this unique thing even more, which is the, the accountability and community. So, yeah. And something I want to touch on, and it's, this can be applied to the entire lean canvas, not just this segment, um, is synergy that when you're like picking your UVP and other segments of it, you shouldn't just pick it based on what you think sounds nice or, Oh, I think that sounds interesting or anything like that. It should be something that flows really well with everything else that you're already creating. If tomorrow be caffeinated, which is built itself as being basically very local focus and community building was like actually our uvp is that we make like super super cheap coffee that's not gonna flow well with how we're marketing ourselves and the kit what we've built already over there we also tried that <laughs> didn't work <laughs> uh and then so i we've been talking a lot about uvps for established businesses and people uh, if you're on the zero to one train and you're starting your business, uh, really good exercises for kind of developing and thought experimenting for what you want your UVP to be is kind of writing down. So if you already know the you know prior steps to this, you know, your problems, your solutions, the revenue streams, all that, uh, I would say find some industry leaders that you either respect or objectively do well. So like for coffee, it would be Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and then some more, you know, local or region, regional versions like Dutch Bros, Scooters, Pete's, PJs, et cetera. Um, and then start listing out what you think makes them unique. Uh, so for example, we love Dutch Bros at Becaffeinated. We think for a business that has now, they're now on the stock exchange, so they're a publicly traded company. But if you look at anything about Dutch Bros and their fans, the number one thing people talk about is their culture. And, you know, from what I understand, if you're in the drive-thru, you can hear like the music being played by the baristas and it's a fun time. Their drinks are fun, their marketing's fun. Whereas you have a place like, you know, other Seattle-based companies that we won't <laughs> name, but uh, you know, it just, a lot of the heart isn't there, but they are objectively really, really fast. And they've kind of really perfected the in and out in like 60 seconds ish uh dynamic so just writing those out what makes you go to them what makes you not go to them and then some local variants of your industry what makes them unique and special and what's their pizzazz what's their shtick you know what's their thing um and then really just which ones do you vibe with which sounds weird but which one are you like oh man i really love you know, when I go to, uh, I don't know, this place, uh, what's a good one? Um, I really love when I go to Infinity Flux and, you know, the person greets me and they're like, hey, what can I help you find today? And I'm like, I need a board game that, you know, satisfies these criteria. And they're like, oh, I've got the perfect one. And then they walk you through it. And if you're not super into it, they'll say, okay, if you don't like that, then there's this. What didn't you like about that? And they just walk you through it, and it's like a curation process, and it's great. So kind of taking that customized aspect, and okay, how can I put it in my industry? So that's one step to it. The other side is taking non-industry businesses. So if you're opening, you know, whatever, a coffee shop, going to Chick-fil-A and saying, why is Chick-fil-A commonly like conceived as the most efficient, fast, best fast food chain. Um, and then digging into that and kind of using some of their processes, you know, uh, I used to work at McDonald's and I don't like McDonald's, but I do 
really appreciate their efficiency of storage and um, you know how they how they do the back of house uh, for that. So there's things you can take from a lot of different places, even non-industries like that. Um, and kind of do this Frankenstein's monster cacophony of all of these factors into one business that not only do you have the things that you just determined you care about, but also you're the only you and the only one that can do you and that has your unique background or beliefs or values or whatever. So no matter what, it's going to be different because you're the only you and that's how you do UVP. That was beautiful. That was definitely very uh, tangible, practical homework. I think that we get, we can all go and do. So that's really good. So final tips, and then we'll, we'll be done with this episode, and we'll move on to the next. Yep. All right. I'll I, start. I a lot, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll start. Um, final tip for finding a unique value proposition. Uh, definitely do what Chris said. That's really good homework. Uh, honestly, side note, that's also really great for all the creatives out there. If you do the same approach for what you like and don't like about a song or a painting or whatever, you're going to also build up that thing, that unique value proposition as an artist. So that's just my side note there. Um, but for a final tip of the unique value proposition, I would say is also just use the little elevator pitch as a test run. So literally write out different versions of it and see what feels good to you. And then from what you narrow down, start testing those final few options with other people. Like literally go to a networking event and start saying your unique value proposition, your elevator pitch to people and see what reactions you get. Do people get really excited or are they just kind of like, ah, cool, whatever. And you'll be surprised at, uh, when you do hit one that's like really connecting with people, just pocket that away and just remember that for the next time. And you can do this for your overall business, but you can also do it when you're talking about each individual like revenue stream going, going back to older episodes. So, yeah. And my final tip would be to not be scared. If you feel like your UVP is changing as your business grows, as you develop new revenue streams that can fully happen. Um, markets are constantly shifting. I mean, look at how much has changed over the past couple of years for literally everyone. Yeah. Stuff's always changing. So, and your business will do the same and the UVP can change with it. Uh, so I, there's this theory that, it's like a, what are those Venn diagram, uh, for your business. And the three Venn diagrams are speed, quality, and price, like low price. And the argument is you can have two, but not three. Um, and when we started be caffeinated, we were like, okay, we're going to be really fast. We're gonna be really cheap. We're going to have pretty good quality. Actually, let's do really good quality. We did all three. <laughs> And it went well for at, at first. And then, you know, we'd sold the most coffee we'd ever sold and had the least amount of money in our bank account. We're like, wait a second, you know, the, that kid meme here. Um, and so we had to raise our prices, which unfortunately made us not as affordable, which, you know, we definitely heard a little bit of on our reviews. Um, but it meant that we weren't just surviving every month and we could actually pay people and our invoices and, you know, buy a new ice machine for our red bank location, which our baristas were <laughs> obnoxiously excited about obnoxious as in it was insane how excited they were. Um, so yeah, so just like Nate said, it's going to change and it's okay to be wrong. Like I own that mistake a lot. 
uh, when we opened, I literally went to every single coffee shop in Chattanooga, wrote down all of their prices, took the average, and that was our pricing. We were right in the middle. We weren't the cheapest. We weren't the most expensive. Um, but then when we did New Wave, we were also, and, and even with, you know, we did Mad Priest Espresso and Velo Drip Coffee and Goodman's Drip Coffee and Rip Van Winkle. Uh, so not only were we really cheap, but we had the highest quality that we could do. And then we started roasting ourselves. So it was still there. And we didn't want to give up that quality because we didn't believe that was right. So we decided that our brand that it developed was we have to give up on the price. It's not, I mean, we're still not the most expensive, but we're definitely pricier than we were. Um, but because we believed that our values did not allow us to give up on the speed or the quality. So, um, yeah, just a be nice to yourself. You're going to mess up and change and that's fine. It's natural. The only way you're going to mess up is if you don't let yourself mess up, which sounds weird, but the real mistake is in not accepting that you will make mistakes. Um, and B being flexible and pivot and all that. So, yeah. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. That Are we was wrap out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for coming yeah. today to listen. Yeah. Everything we say yeah. is a little bit nice. Yeah. I hope that was helpful. That's it. What? Hey, man, we need to get better. <laughs> uh, or I just never do it. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs>